Little honey bees flying around, little green peas from the ground, buttermilk biscuits nice and brown. Bring it to the Tennessee farm table, butter beans, peas, beets, and chard, chickens running in the yard, catfish frying in that lard. Bring it to the Tennessee farm table. Cast on skillets, good and hot. Watch it steam and crack and pop. Cornbread bacon in that stove. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Pick them maters, good and ripe. Dropping black gang candy stripes. Look at 'em loading down those vines. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Bring it to Tennessee Farm Table. Good morning, and welcome to the Tennessee Farm Table, a show dedicated to the people of our community who produce, preserve, and prepare our regional foods. This is your hostess, Amy Campbell. That cute little theme song you just heard was performed and arranged by East Tennessee's own Emmy Sunshine. She's gotten to be very popular, and she's even sung on the Grand Old Opry. We're really proud of this young woman, and even more proud to say that she's from Monroe County, Tennessee. Today we've got a special guest, Martha Kern. She and her family own and run Strong Stock Farm in Knox County, Tennessee. They raise Angus cattle, and it is all grass-fed. It's a 900-acre farm that has been in operation since 1792. With her grandchildren coming on, it makes the ninth generation of this farm. She's been working on the same herd since 1942, and she's real proud of her animals and her product. So let's join Martha now. Okay, so we're sitting here talking with Martha Kern at Strong Stock Farm. And Martha, I saw where on the mailbox it was established in 1792. It, yeah, it was a land grant to a four-time great-grandparent um, in 1792, the bulk of the farm. It's my brother and myself that own it now, and um, we've got grandchildren coming, so we have our ninth generation coming on, so wow. that's pretty exciting for us. It is. Yeah. Well, it couldn't be a prettier place. I mean, this place is beautiful out here, rolling hills and... We're sitting on this big, beautiful front porch with this little, little dachshund named uh, Ollie, and it's a uh, rain's coming down. This is like heaven on earth. Well, it's nicer to sit on the porch when somebody comes, because we never do this unless you have company. <laughs> Everybody always says, like, do you come and sit out on the porch all the time? No, if. If no one's here, we never open the door up. We never see the front porch. Occasionally, we'll open the front door, and there'll be a package that, you know, UPS has put at the door that we had no clue had been there for months. Uh, sitting on the porch and looking at the pretty view is great, but we do not do it unless there's someone there to share it with that doesn't get to do it. So. Well, that's because you're all busy, 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 aren't you? Yeah. 
So y'all raise Angus cattle? Angus cattle. And uh, it's my husband and myself running the operation here. And we farm about 900 acres. And I am running approximately 150 mama cows. And we are doing an all grass-fed beef program right now where all of what we sell basically is going into a a grass-fed beef program and we sell it Three Rivers Market and to uh, a couple of local food vendors. We do savory and sweet. We love to refer to them as our food truck just because (laughs) we love them so much and they're so sweet and all their beef comes from us and we do good dolly tamale which is the best tamale in the world so we love that. But uh, Three Rivers market is like a a wonderful place to do business with and it's a godsend for us because they have an on-staff butcher and they do such a great job of marketing and handling our meat and with uh, basically my husband and myself being the worker bees we don't have days to go sit at a farmer's market or anything and the other thing that I love about being there is that he sells our meat fresh, which is, you know, the best way, in my opinion, to get it. And um, so that's that's nice for us. But our Angus herd, uh, what I have right now, at times I've had a commercial Angus herd and I've had a crossbred Angus herd with my husband raised um, centipole cattle. So we did a cross crossbreed program. But now I've cut back to just all my straight Angus and my dad bought two Angus females in 1942, and all the females that we have now are descendants of those original two. So they're all a family, and they're, in my opinion, irreplaceable. I said, this is not the most financially best way to do what we do. But it's what I want to do. I mean, buying and selling cattle would be a lot more sensible, but then they wouldn't all be my cattle. And I love my cattle and their traits about them. We've never fed grain. So when the interest in grass-fed beef came along, we're perfect for it because it takes more than just not feeding grain to have good grass-fed beef. So uh, we feel like that we have a product that is superior in that they have been selected for performance on grass for 70 plus years, or maybe it's more than that now. But, uh, you know, we were ready for beef that could finish on grass, and mm-hmm. we really like it. And it's not just a craze. Y'all were doing this. Y'all been doing this for years and years and years and years. And I was reading something about your granddad on his deathbed. What did he say about grain? Oh, my husband says he told him, don't feed him grain. Grain's for birds. You know, we've, we've had livestock that we did feed grain to. When I started out, I did hogs and we grew corn and wheat and ground our own feed and stuff. Cattle don't need it. If you select the right kind of cattle, you select for performance on what they have, and what we have is native pasture with fescue mixed in, and we have just selected for cows that can have calves every year on that and wean good calves and finish on it, and that's what you need to do rather than 
have a great big old animal that you have to feed to get a calf out of. So mm-hmm. we're That's firm right. believers in no grain. I believe that you should eat grass-fed beef. I mean, it's better for you. The The content of the fat changes when they eat grain. And there are lots of things that change in the whole system, the flora in their rumen changes when you start feeding grain and you're more apt to have, you know, bad bacteria and stuff. And they're just a lot of health advantages to the grass fed. And I just think it's like what God meant for them to do. I mean, he gave them four stomachs to convert materials that we cannot eat into something that has health benefits for us. So I just think that it's the way that it was meant to be. And And you're listening to the Tennessee Farm Table on East Tennessee's own 89.9 WDVX or on our podcast at TennesseeFarmTable.com. This is an interview with Martha Kern. They raise Angus beef cattle. After the short break, we'll return with Martha. Support for the Tennessee Farm Table comes in part from Magpie's Bakery in downtown North Knoxville, just one block north of Broadway on North Central Street. Magpie's Bakery can accommodate most budgets and styles, from a simple rustic barn dance with pies, cookies, and cupcakes, to a country club affair with a custom creation. With a full selection of ready-made designs, or they can create custom designs for your special event. Images of their ready-made designs and details on custom orders and appointments at magpiescakes.com. Magpie's Cakes. All butter, all the time. If you have just tuned in, you are listening to the Tennessee Farm Table on East Tennessee's own 899 WDVX. This interview is with Martha Kern. She and her husband own and run Strong Stock Farm in Knox County, Tennessee. It's just right off at Rutledge Pike. They raise Angus cattle and they're all grass fed. And so let's get back to our interview with Martha Kern. I believe that you should eat grass-fed beef. I mean, it's better for you. The The content of the fat changes when they eat grain, and there are lots of things that change in the whole system, the flora in their rumen changes when you start feeding grain, and you're more apt to have, you know, bad bacteria and stuff, and they're just a lot of health advantages to the grass-fed, and I just think it's like, what God meant for him to do. I mean, he gave them four stomachs to convert materials that we cannot eat into something that has health benefits for us. So I just think that it's the way that it was meant to be. And as far as taste, I've had grass-fed beef that I feel like, you know, it might need to be an acquired taste. I don't feel like ours has an acquired taste taste. I mean, I think the definitely the prime cuts that are the easy to cook cuts are probably 
I mean, I think a grass-fed steak cooks like a grain-fed steak, a good one. But I do think that possibly you need to be a little more careful in the handling. You don't want to overwork, like if you're handling the ground beef, because you can overdo it on patting it and stuff like that and make it a little bit tougher. Possibly like your slow cook cuts, but I really don't find much difference in the ones that we market to other people. Like what we take to Three Rivers is always something that's going to be young, under two years old. All the meat is good in it. There have been ones that we've eaten for ourselves that have been a little bit older that I probably wouldn't sell to somebody else that might be a little bit tougher. But, uh, you know, what we sell to anyone else, we just sell what's the prime product. Mm -hmm. So I don't find much difference. Well, if you if you eat well 80% of the time, you know, maybe you can cheat on the other 20. But we try to eat as much, and especially the last few years, as my husband and I get older, we try to look at the five-ingredient rule, and mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. we eat a lot out of the garden. We eat a lot that's local and fresh, and try to do that as much as you can. I do think that we were meant to eat food from our area. I mean, wherever you are, if that's what you're acclimated to, I think the animals that come off of it and the vegetables that come out of it are giving us the nutrition that we need. So I I just, that's something I have a gut belief in. Absolutely. Well, we find that like, you know, a lot of that I believe in our pasture and what the cattle eat and stuff. I mean, it would be nice to have pristine, perfect pastures, but uh, having a a monoculture of like an absolutely perfect orchard grass field or perfect anything, that isn't the way things are in nature and especially where we are when we're in such a diverse flora region and you just find that there's some kind of relationship between having a lot of different stuff and that animals have the ability to seek out some of their own nutrition if there's something there. I mean, there's always Mm going to be some things out in the field that they're never going to eat and have no interest in, but, you know, and then I go along behind them and clip them off with a bush hog. But in general, we don't use any herbicides or pesticides or anything like that and haven't for at least the last 40 years and just believe in kind of letting what grows there grow and trying to manage it with your animals, like try to turn them in on it and let them eat it down while they can. Mm-hmm. And I do run along behind and clip. I, I love running the bush hog because it makes it look pretty. It's like mowing our yard is like all weeds, but if it's all mowed, it looks good. So but it's oh, not it, it is so much prettier when it's clipped, although yes. it's pretty when it's not, but it mm-hmm. does not look the same. So whereas you might mow your lawn before you have company. We had an event here last weekend, so we mowed about 400 acres that was visible <laughs> from the driveway. It's so pretty. Well, here on this big farm, you, I know you have to work all the time because there's just no sitting down. So what's your most joyful chore on the farm? What's the thing you like to do the best? Well, if if my air conditioner is working in the tractor, I love 
to Bushog because it's so pretty afterwards. It makes it look like a golf course, whereas before it looked like a weed patch. And I mean, there's the exact same grass there, but something about trimming it is pretty. So that to me is a real rewarding chore. And it's nice and quiet and I put earplugs in and I, I can't hear my phone, you know, <laughs> and um, it's just a time in some days when I may go around a field 40 times, I get 40 gorgeous views at the top of it of the mountains or something. And I see everything that runs across the field and all the birds and stuff. So I love that. I just love anything that puts you out on the farm and makes you be out and about. Mm-hmm. It was nicer when I did it things more horseback, but I don't do as much like that as I did. So uh, my husband does that. My husband is the resident wrangler. So he's out on the horse every day getting a horseback view of everything, which would be my first view. But I like the um, tractor view too. Uh, In the old days when we grew grain, I loved being on a combine. That, That was... That was so fun because the birds fly in front of you so much because of all the bugs that you're knocking down and probably killing. I don't know, but, um, you know, and just watching the grain build up in the bin and stuff. I love that. Mm -hmm. But um, just all of it is wonderful. I mean, we feel blessed to get to do whatever work we have now, like a day like today when it's rainy. If we had cattle out somewhere or something, then that would not be so joyous. Or they have a way of waiting until it's dark to find a hole in the fence or, uh, you know, walking on the railroad track trying to find out where something's gotten out or something. Those are some of my most unfavorite, stressful (laughs) things. So uh, there's some things that I don't like to do. But in general, we just love all of it. Mm -hmm. And, And I just love to watch the animals grazing on the grass and stuff. I mean, it's just fun to be out and see them. It is. And I love being able to really feel good about what we're selling and what we're doing and what we're producing. Absolutely. I mean, I just, being able to feel good about what you do, just, that's what it's all about. And, And I love what I did before, but I love it even more Mm-hmm. Now that I get to see it to the finish, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, that that makes a big difference. Well, and you have just heard an interview with Martha Kern of Strong Stock Farm in Knox County, Tennessee. That farm is located just right off of Rutledge Pike. It's a 900-acre gorgeous farm and they raise Angus beef, and it's all grass-fed. Their products are sold at Three Rivers Markets and at Savory Sweet Food Truck. For bulk orders and more information about this farm, you can find them on Facebook. Again, that is Strong Stock Farm. Hey, 
And now it's In the Kitchen with Mary Constantine, food writer for the Knoxville New Sentinel. Chefs like to say that dull knives are more dangerous than sharp knives. Well, maybe that's the case for most, but not me. Give me a sharp knife and it's a guarantee I'm going to cut myself. I will never forget being on the stage of a food show. I don't remember what I was slicing except that my finger got in the way. I wrapped the cut with paper towel and kept on cooking, rewrapping the cut with paper towel each time it became soiled. And I just kept praying that there was no one in the audience that was going to faint at the sight of blood. That scenario comes to my mind every time I start to prepare a butternut squash. I love butternut squash, but those boogers are a pain in the patoot to prep, and I'm always afraid I'm going to nick myself during the process. But you know, even if there's a Band-Aid on every hand by the time I get finished with Ina Garten's caramelized butternut squash, it's well worth the pain. If you'd like to try this recipe, all you need are two medium butternut squash, about four to five pounds total weight, six to eight tablespoons of unsalted butter, melted and cooled, a fourth of a cup of light brown sugar, packed, one and a half teaspoons kosher salt, and a half to one teaspoon freshly ground black pepper. Just do it to your taste. You preheat the oven to 400 degrees, cut off both ends of the butternut squash, then peel the squash using a knife or large vegetable peeler, and that's when I usually get myself cut. Then you slice the, the squash in half lengthwise. Remove the seeds, cut the squash into one and a half inch cubes, and place on a baking sheet. Now, get another bowl and put the melted butter, the brown sugar, and the salt and pepper. Mix it together and pour over the squash. Toss the ingredients with the butter mixture, you know, spread it out on a single layer on the baking sheet and get it all good coated with that yummy brown sugar butter. And then you just roast it 45 to 55 minutes until the squash is tender and the glaze is kind of caramelized. Uh, turn the squash a few times while it's roasting so it just evenly gets brown on all sides. Then take it out of the, out of the oven and serve it warm. Yummo! This is Mary Constantine with the Tennessee Farm Table. We want to say thank you so much for your great company here today on the Tennessee Farm Table. We hope that you can join us again right back here at 9 o'clock at WDVX.com or online at TennesseeFarmTable.com. Our theme song was written by myself, Amy Campbell, and beautifully performed by East Tennessee's own Emmy Sunshine. More information about Emmy Sunshine at TheEmmySunshine.com. That's spelled T-H-E-E-M-I Sunshine.com. We want to say thank you to WDVX for bringing to you pure community broadcasting just like this show. They are our media partner, and we couldn't do this without them. More information at WDVX.com. We'd love to invite you to connect with us on Twitter and Facebook at TennesseeFarmTable.com and check out our podcast. We hope you have a good week and keep on digging. This has been a Campbell Creative Incorporated production.